Welcome to Dancing with Gravity, my podcast into the life of a juggler. The, the juggler is me. Uh, my name is Cyril Rabat. I'm your host. I'm French. Deal with it. And I've been a professional juggler for the past 25 years. In this episode, I am talking with Michel Lamour. It's funny because it's one of the only names in America that I can pronounce in French. Her name is Michel Lamour, and Lamour means love in French. I probably know that, right? So she's spelling with the L, and I don't even know how you say that, the, the little thing you put in the air. And in French, you say apostrophe. I don't even think you have it in English. So it's L apostrophe amour. It's very well thought out, actually. I never took the time to think about it, but it, it's actually a really nice play on words, and it's all French. So I have the pleasure to speak with Michel Lamour. Yeah, now I'm saying it with the American accent, Michel Lamour, when actually it's really Michel Lamour. And she's, she's just amazing. She's known as being the most naked woman. And I had amazing time, um, not, not just because she was naked in front of me the whole time. No, I'm messing with you guys. No, no, she, she, was, she was dressed. Um, my, my wife made sure that she was dressed during the entire interview. I, I had a blast talking to her and learning about her life, her purpose, and the depth of what she's actually doing, and that there's a lot of depth into it. So please enjoy. So, oh, I'm so excited. Thank you for being here. Yeah. I'm going to double check it works. Okay. If you don't, yeah, I can hear you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can hear can you hear me? So the closer you keep it from your mm-hmm. face, the better you're going to see. You want me to keep it close. No, no, no. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, like close. really go and like yeah. have it. Okay. You're you're you look stunning today. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you look Thank beautiful. You. Thanks. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I was I was like um well, it was unexpected because Right. <laughs> you're like Okay, I'm here and I'm staying here because yeah. there's a hurricane or uh-huh. flood yeah. happening. Yeah, hurricane's happening in New Orleans and that's where I'm supposed to be. And part of me really wants to be there just to experience yeah. the drama, but it's not smart. Right, it's, <laughs> it's safer to be here. Yeah. It's just sunny and chill in Chicago. So Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah so I, I admittedly... Um, I was looking forward to our podcast because mm-hmm. we've been talking about recording it for a while. Yeah. But then I, I've been procrastinating, like doing my research. Okay. And you took me by surprise. But I was like, okay, let's do it now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's do it now. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I've been looking at stuff this morning about you. And I realized that actually I know you because we work together, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know you more yeah. than that. Yeah, and it's hard to do that when you're just 
in and out backstage, like, okay, let's do the show now, get on stage. You know, yeah, it's hard exactly. to sit down and connect with somebody. Because we've been doing yeah. a few shows, and, yeah. and I feel I know, you know, it's this feeling like I, I know you, but mm-hmm. then I'm realizing, well, do I know you? Yeah. So I and really But now I'm in your house. Yes. <laughs> and, and we're going to talk for a while yeah. together, and I'm super excited about it because yeah. I want to learn about you. I, w- mm-hmm. I want to know who you are. And um, I've been very moved about what I saw online mm. from you, coming mm. from you, what, what, what you're saying and sharing mm-hmm. and, and your art and also you personally. And I, I, I was really shocked, actually. I was like, oh, I, I don't know mm. this Michelle. I know the one that is super powerful on stage <laughs> right yeah that is super beautiful and sexy and and moving mm. and suddenly i was like oh the the human michelle which is all that but more sure right so i don't know where yeah. should we start what do you want to know i'll tell you everything <laughs> <laughs> this is just water though i'll tell you more if you give me tequila <laughs> i do have tequila okay. in the fridge i mean it's almost happy hour <laughs> mm-hmm. um seriously you want to take an hour now um no let's wait when? we'll do a post podcast okay. celebration okay <laughs> that sounds good i mean i, I have no judgment about anything yes, i'm just yeah. open to everything yeah i just need to i need to get a base of water and hydration yeah. first and then sounds we good. can go on yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so i i think i want to learn about um like why did you start doing uh, burlesque well it was kind of an accident honestly um i i actually had been very interested in striptease but i didn't know what it was called i i just i became very interested in what made something sexy and what made something beautiful and i would pose in front of the mirror a lot oh for yourself for myself all the time and then i would start figuring out interesting ways to take clothes off (laughs) I don't know why for yourself (laughs) yes I wasn't doing that like I had been studying dance um Mm -hmm. I actually started dancing when I was 15 which is really late but right um, it is late in in a sense that you're interested enough to like make it a a career oh for sure yeah Uh I mean I I started creatively with uh violin and so I was playing the violin first mm-hmm. before I got into dance. So mm-hmm. I started with music, and that kind of helped to open me up a little bit. Um, I was a very, very, very shy kid. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did, did you did you want to play violin, or is it your parents? Or um, I it was actually a weird peer pressure thing. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, my parents didn't force me to do it, but I it, there was a time in third grade and you you had the option to join orchestra and a friend of mine did did and i was like well i guess i'll do it too and so she stopped playing after a year and then i played for 10 years uh, after that you got you got hooked yeah and and it you know it's i'm kind of jumping around here but i i actually just picked up my violin again again that's I haven't awesome. so I played for 10 years and I haven't played for about so 20. So from from what from like 10 to 20 or 
Yeah, well, I played all through high school. So, and mm-hmm. then a, a little bit after high school. Um, but I did orchestras and camps and solos and all wow. that stuff. So you were into it. I was into it. But at, during that time, I, I started dancing. And dance completely took over. And mm-hmm. that was what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was still doing music, but there wasn't a way for me to do both things. Well, it takes too much time. Yeah, and... You know, all this time that I haven't been doing music, I've missed it so much. Yeah. And... When did you start again? I started again in April, like three months ago. Yeah? Yeah. So and how did you do it? Like, um, how did well, you I had my... I still had my instrument. Yeah. And it was... It needed a lot of love. So right. I took it into a violin shop, which ironically is right down the street from me. Uh-huh. Very weird. Uh-huh. Um, so it's meant to be, I think. Um, but I, I was just, I've been listening to a lot of classical music lately and I, it hit me. Oh, I, I, I can can't do, do that. I, I, <laughs> I, can, I can still, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I should go yeah. and pick this up and do it again. And, um, maybe I can join an orchestra or something, you know, do something. And so, I took my violin, got it all fixed up, and I started from the beginning. Yeah, of course. From scratch. I got, you know, all my book ones and twos and just played in my apartment and made a lot of noise. And then one day I I saw a flyer in the violin shop and there was a summer orchestra workshop. Mm -hmm. And it was a week of rehearsal, three hours a day, Uh where you would accompany me, accompany um, a soloist. So there were soloists that were playing and then the orchestra was backing them up and I did not play a solo. I just played in the orchestra. I said, just put me in the back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's already a big deal. Yeah. So I did that. So I, I just had rehearsal all last week and we had the concert on Sunday and I played in my first concert in 20 years. Um, so that did not answer your question about how I started. With no, no, but I love that. I, I really <laughs> love that because it's, a, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, my father is a musician mm. and he's really good. Mm-hmm. Like really, really, really what does good. He play? He's playing the dabble bass. Oh, nice. Okay. And he's considered like the best dabble bass player of all time. That's great. Does he do classical or jazz? Or all of he, it? Uh, yeah, yeah. kind of. Like he's he was born in, in Syria, so mm. he has like this Arabic oriental music background, oh. but then he played jazz mostly, okay. and then he was part of the Paris Orchestra oh, for the last 20 years of his life that he could, pl- I mean... Uh, at one point, you have to retire when mm. you go to the opera. So he did like like from forty five to sixty five years old, and then he had to retire. Oh, yeah. But now he's he's alive and he's still playing. He's like eighty nine years old, and he travels and perform. Wow! Yeah. And um, so I view music and playing an instrument as the highest art form because oh I grew up yeah. with that with a maestro in my living room yeah. I mean in his living room it's, right <laughs> yeah it's amazing I, I mean I really now that I started playing again you know, my brain is working differently my focus is so much different um just reading music and and getting that the marriage of the the technique and the math there's a lot of math uh-huh. and then making it mean something and sound Absolutely. like something and 
You know, I'm still super, super, super rusty, and I'm actually, you know, I mentioned I was shy. I'm actually really freaked out about playing in front of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I start sweating and panicking and Mm -hmm. crying a little. Wow. (laughs) Does the performing help you or not at all? Um, Like the fact that you've been performing for like the last... No, because this is a completely different thing. And I I don't know that I've always been like that um I think I've always been a little bit shy about it um but yeah I mean the the people that I was playing with and a lot of them were kids are they were incredible Mm -hmm. I mean I just the power of music is amazing and I feel that everyone who does it it must be a genius Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) I don't understand I don't understand improvisation musically I I can improvise dance and I can perform dance and feel fine and not as nervous right but there's something about music that really well there's something about know. music that's very intellectual yeah mm-hmm. because it is physical in the sense you have to play the instrument but the physicality is kind of like brought down to the minimum once you master the instrument mm-hmm. then it becomes very your mind yeah what you think and just comes through your fingers and 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 becomes music yeah so i really feel like sometimes you can touch the depth of someone's soul when they're playing Mm -hmm. at at a very high level Mm -hmm. and then they're just expressing themselves yeah and they're expressing themselves through another language than language than than words right that i really like also because it is intellectual but at the same time, it's not words. Yeah. That's what I feel in like classical music. I also love classical mm-hmm. music and I listen a lot of different classical music, old stuff, new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, stuff that were recorded a long time ago or and that's the funny thing I for me in classical music is that they keep recording the same stuff right over and over I and know. over again. We keep celebrating yeah. the masters that were with us so many years ago and they keep being studied and practiced and And rehearsed and played and recorded and I I was talking about that the other day with with Frankie my husband and what what else is there like that I don't know absolutely nothing maybe authors I would say you know there's some works of Oh, yeah, we we keep reading because we keep learning from them. But like with music, classical music, there's an active of like people dedicating their life to to play that music. Tearing it down, breaking it down, getting inside music theory. And, you know, and Mozart, like, oh, yeah, he just he wrote this when he was 16. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about that too. Mm -hmm. Um, Why don't we have people like that Mm -hmm. today? Yeah. Like just... Been thinking about that a lot. You know, Mm -hmm. like in music. We we do have people very, very famous, but the music they're doing is can be touching and inspiring, Mm -hmm. but like nowhere near the level of complexity and depth and timelessness in timelessness yeah, exactly that's the thing it's you know i think there are so many talented people in this world but we only know a few mm-hmm. and so 
what, where is that line and how do you cross that line? And it's something that I think about a lot now living in LA. There's talent all around me all the time. And honestly, the musicians that I have seen there are incredible. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you don't know their name makes no sense to me. Right. Because they are some of the most inspiring musicians I have seen. And right. I mean, I've seen a lot. Right. <laughs> I spent yeah. a lot of time in New Orleans. Chicago is a great music scene. Uh-huh. Um, grew up with music. Uh, these people are crazy. Uh-huh. You know, so what what brings someone to the to the level that they're a household name? And does it matter? Does it matter? Right. I don't know. Um does it matter that enough people know who they are? Feels like it's really a personal question. So yeah. does it matter to them? Yeah. It, it looks like it matters or to you. All. Yeah. Because you're like, what the fuck? Like, more people should know and hear and, and, and enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, personally, I've been through that roller coaster many times. Because mm-hmm. I had moments in my career where I felt I was known I'm doing like hair quote right now because I mean never like a musician because I'm a juggler so it's like it's irrelevant compared to musicians or you know we don't get super famous in circus it's different but it's different but but you're known in your circles in my circle and sometimes not at all meaning like it is actually something that comes and goes with trends Mm. with the evolution of technology suddenly now we have we had like Facebook, now it's Instagram. Mm, what's who, next? who knows yeah. what's going to be next? Yeah. Who's jumping on the boat soon enough to be suddenly seen and super famous via that medium? Right. You know, compared to someone else that, like me, totally missed the boat, was not interested in Facebook or Instagram. I was like, I don't see the point of that. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. I was, and, if I didn't have to do it, I would not do it at all. Right. When people. I really don't get it. Like if people, if you're not trying to grow your brand or your exposure, I don't understand why you would even have that. Do you think it's like during Jerry, uh, generation, generational? Yeah. Cause I, I, I realize yeah, we have the same age. We're sure. born in, in the eighties mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean, actually 1980. Yeah. So we have the same age mm-hmm. and I, but I see people around me that I have the same age that are into it. Yeah. So I was like, what is it? I don't know. I mean, I, I find it strange that the kids these days are growing up with it. That mm-hmm. they don't know a life without it. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really interesting. Because I can remember when we didn't Absolutely. have that. You know? No cell phones. I remember the no yeah. cell phones. And it's it's actually funny to watch movies that are old or they're doing yeah. a time period and you're like, well, just call. Just take a lift ride. Right. You know, like, just right. do that. You know, right. like, we're so spoiled. Yes. And, you know, it's kind of, it, it, it's almost, uh, you know, I was, I was leaving the airport yesterday or two days ago and, you know, everyone's waiting for their own car. Like, uh-huh. they're celebrities yes they all they all have their own driver their own car now you just call it up and here they just appear yeah you know we're so so spoiled yeah and um i mean as far as social media is concerned i do think there's a lot of bonuses to it it can definitely bring people together there's a lot of 
a lot of platforms to do interesting art. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can put out your podcast and you can mm-hmm. share it with people True. that you don't know in person. Absolutely. And your hope is to reach as many people as you need. So how do you do that? Well, you go to social media. Yeah. What did you do before? I don't know. We put out flyers for shows. You know, what did we do before to sell a show? And now everything is so noisy. There's so much noise. There's so much stuff to sift through. And how do people do that? Because the problem is that I feel I'm, you know, one of my, um, how can I say that? Like sometimes I give up. Mm-hmm. Instagram or whatever for like a month, two months, six months. Oh I my don't god, know. what's that like? Is that amazing? <laughs> no, it feels normal. Yeah, to yeah. me, actually, I'm uh-huh. just being normal, and I just don't look at it. Don't, I mean, I actually never look at it if it's not for me posting something, mm-hmm, me sharing sure. something. Yeah, I, yeah. Because I don't know, it's an endless stream of nonsense. Well, informations, <laughs> nonsense, things yeah. that people think are important for them, and mm-hmm. I respect that, but it has nothing to do with me. And yeah. But you can still so easily get sucked in, like, what oh, is the next yeah. picture? What I is going to be the next in thing? I get sucked so hard. And, and I'm right. like, I've wasted so much time sitting here looking at people, which... I follow and I don't even know who they are and why I follow them. <laughs> who, where, how did I get here? What's going on? Um, yeah. And then it just kind of leaves me in this depressing state or yeah. frustrated. I get really frustrated for reasons that I don't understand or, or realize are actually happening in mm. that moment mm. that I'm just looking through. And then when I look up and I come out of the, the Instagram fog, mm. I'm like, <sighs> I'm just, I have this like little bit of rage. Yeah. It's not it's not crazy. It's not excessive. I think I think but it's, it's just like lingering. It's there. It's just yeah. like it's something it's a feeling that I have after that I didn't have before. Yeah. And that is noticeable to me. Yeah. Um, I I feel I'm for me it's jealousy. Yeah. I get jealous. Yes, for sure. And I and I'm like for a number like uh-huh. because there's a number of likes or views or something that is like w- now I feel that the validation of something mm-hmm. that I'm going to see on YouTube or whatever it is, mm-hmm. if it has a certain amount of a, n- a number big enough, it is a validation of this is good content. Exactly. Yeah. W- and we're all looking which, for that validation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is totally uh, mm-hmm. not at all like that it's yeah. it's like it's not because it attract the most attention that it's the most valuable exactly. at all yeah. i mean i know i believe that sometimes the majority of people are wrong mm-hmm. and are actually doing the wrong thing i mean we have a pretty good example in europe like yeah. nazi right uh, yeah <laughs> uh, the whole fucking country of <laughs> yeah. germany was like this is what we need to do no you're fucking wrong right and then they understood after but mm-hmm. that uh, one moment in time for like uh, 10 years they thought they were right yes. they were wrong obviously so there's this thing of like oh if most people like it it must be good it must mm-hmm. be real it must be quality or whatever and it's like no it's not yeah how but i don't i don't know what is the system that is going to replace that yeah i don't know know? i don't know especially when it comes down to art you know what makes something good Mm -hmm. and 
and successful. And a lot of the art, uh, like if you're successful, if you're validated, does that suddenly make you a good artist? I think there's a lot of artists out there that do get attention. Mm -hmm. A lot of performers out there that do get attention and do get validation, but aren't good. Right. They're not talented. Right. And I think that's the thing that's really interesting for me with playing violin is that there is a barometer. Mm -hmm. There is, there, there are a lot of things that you can measure that talent with, Mm -hmm. you know, there's technique, intonation, musicality, um, soul, you know, Mm -hmm. where, whereas in dance or burlesque specifically, Mm Um, because of course in dance there is absolutely technique, technique and, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, but burlesque is kind of a different animal. Yeah. Um, where the barometer for judging what is good burlesque is there isn't one. It's it's more a question of feel of like taste yeah. than really technique per yeah. se. Yeah, it's so it's super subjective. I mean, it is provocative and it is a political statement, I think, to to have a woman who or anybody, honestly, who is strong and capable in their sexuality and Mm -hmm. their image that this is what they want to present. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I think the the empowerment of it is not enough Mm -hmm. because to me, there's still act craft, Mm -hmm. stage craft. I do think there is technique. Mm-hmm. Um, costuming, of course, is, is a thing. You can't really do burlesque without costuming. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but then there's money involved there's because money. It's, to it's afford. It's a money game. It's yeah. so, then it becomes about how much money you have uh-huh. and how many rhinestones are on your costume. And uh-huh. if you have the most rhinestones on your costume, then you must be the best burlesque Exactly. Dancer. And yeah. it's like, no, no, it's no. just a question. Of, it's not. Just, and yeah. I've hated that. I've always hated that from the mm. beginning, mm. and it, it's it's really frustrating. I mean, I absolutely value the the power and the need for presentation. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's a show. Put on a show, mm-hmm. you know. But the amount of sparkle that you have doesn't matter to me. Right. What you do with it matters to me. Right. You know, we all, so how we all do have you the same parts. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Make me care. Mm-hmm. Make me care. So how do you, uh, I, I don't want to say judge it, but like how do you um, understand, like how do you put a, yeah. How, how did you frame that earlier? You're saying like... Uh, about validation or... No, like you're saying that when you're playing the valing, there's... Um, oh, a barometer. Like a, a barometer. Metrics. Yeah. Metrics. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds better than judgment because, I mean, I, I don't like judgment. I, I, I mean, I feel like art, there should always be people not liking what you're doing. Sure. Because it's art. Oh, yeah. Because if everybody likes it, it's mm-hmm. McDonald's and it's not yeah. art anymore. Yeah. It's just freaking, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we should have people that don't like what we do and people mm-hmm. that like it and then everything in between. Yeah. But so what would be the bar- barometer for you when you see burlesque? How would you... Uh, for me, I really, I am really into act craft and 
and that just means uh, the arc of your act and where you're going and mm. and how effectively you are teasing. And I really like innovation in removals. Mm. Um, I, I like to be surprised. Um, I like seeing... I like the the marriage of uh, thought and strategy with dance and tease. Mm-hmm. So I look for a lot of different things wow. in burlesque, and and you know I can they I, I like and appreciate the straight up classic tease. I love that. It's probably one of the most challenging things to do because right. it is so vulnerable and still. And you are allowing people to look at you. Mm -hmm. And that to me shows maturity in a performer Mm -hmm. when they're comfortable being still on stage, Mm -hmm. when they're comfortable not having to do right a million toe touches and jump splits and knee drops and Mm -hmm. you know like constantly yeah Yeah. constantly i mean that stuff is good and i think having tricks is really good but knowing when to use those tricks Mm -hmm. and how to use them and how to frame them Mm -hmm. within the act so that they're the most effective Mm -hmm. to me shows uh artist maturity yeah how, how much the music is important yeah i mean music and musicality to me right. is very important. Yeah. And the fact that you're paying attention to those accents and even not even just that, but even the the feel of the music and what the music is suggesting or mm-hmm. saying to you. What is the mood of the music? Mm-hmm. So when I teach or or I'm working with someone one-on-one about their act or whatever, you know, they'll maybe they'll have an act with a song that makes no sense. Right. Or a costume that makes no sense for the song because the feeling of the song is not bright colors. Yes. (laughs) The feeling of the song is something else, you know, and it's, I think considering that is really important. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me that um, some people just don't, you know, so I'll ask my students when I play this song, what are the feelings that you get? And there's not a wrong answer right. you know there's many different levels of um of the same sort of feeling yeah yeah, yeah. you know and everybody can have their own emotions yeah but, but at least have an emotion like a in, in <laughs> yeah like if just be aware and having intention uh-huh. the intention is really important to me like uh-huh. you should know what you're going for right because if you don't <laughs> the audience is not gonna know exactly like mm-hmm. you need to know what you intend on doing mm. so f- for my acts whether they're aggressive or sweet or graceful i know what i'm doing and why i want to do that mm-hmm. you know uh, so uh, all of the acts i have if when i create something it's you know well i'm feeling this right now mm-hmm. and i want to express that so mm-hmm. how am i going to do that you know so um, how often do you create acts well I try to do at least one a year. Mm-hmm. Um, depends, of course, on budget. <laughs> oh yeah, for I the mean, new costume. I and have everything. a ton of ideas. Right, it's just a matter right. of you know when can I afford those ideas, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's the other thing too about burlesque is that the business of burlesque kind of makes no sense. 
<laughs> There's like, not much money there, it's, right? It's so expensive to do, right. and you don't. The pay doesn't reflect that. You know, right. like you have to do a lot of shows to pay off that right, costume. Right, right, right. So it's and more it's, of a, and it can work in the long run. I mean, I've, hmm. I have a lot of acts that I've done over and over and over again that definitely paid for themselves. Hmm. Um, but it's sort of like, you know, you, you keep track of that, keep track of the, yeah. Or is, is I don't even want to know. Cyril. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I still need to do my taxes from 2018 and I'm like, Oh God, I just can't. Oh, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't want to know, which is irresponsible of me as a finance major. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. You did fi- <laughs> major in yeah. finance. Yeah, but I left it. Totally left it. To, yeah, uh, you kind of went rogue on, on yeah, that. I did. I How mean, is your family took that? T- leaving finance? Yeah, oh. and when going rogue and like I'm going to be a burlesque performer. Oh no, it did not go well. Wow. Not well at all. Um Yeah, I was actually cut out of the family for about 5 years. Wow. Completely cut out. So um, you mean parents, siblings? Parents, siblings, aunts, uncles, cousins. Woo! The only person that I talked to in that time was my grandma. Um, she was understanding? She was what? Sure. Was she understanding? Sort of-ish. <laughs> it's Ish. complicated. She just didn't want to like yeah. lose yeah. a relationship with you because she's wiser and like maybe she was feeling she... Yes, but there... Is she still alive? She is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, she's gonna be ninety-one next month. Yikes! Right. Um, but yeah, it, uh, so yeah, I was out of the family for a, a long time, and honestly, that was the second time that had happened. What? Yeah, I was. Um, so did they have a thing with that, like they, kicking you out? You know, yeah, it's <laughs> kind of weird. Um, yeah, it happened. I left. Right after the day after I turned 20, mm-hmm. was it 20 or was it earlier? I don't remember, but yeah, I had lots of issues at home. The thing is, is that I'm a, I'm an amazing, I was an amazing child, amazing. I got great grades, mm. over 4.0 average, honors. Played an orchestra. I had a job. So you're you're a, a, a perfect child. Yeah, when I you say amazing, you're I like, didn't drink. Right, I didn't fuck. Right, I didn't smoke. I didn't party. I like. I was you know. But the real problem was that I had my own thoughts. That was the real. Since problem. the beginning. Si- always. Yeah. Always. Always. Um. So you were questioning things, asking questions, weird questions. Yes, I, independent. I was an independent child and person, but also, um, you know, I started questioning our faith and that was the big Mm. problem. So I was raised born again, Christian, Mm. um, evangelical, which I don't know if you know what that is, but I have no idea, but I mean, (laughs) don't worry. (laughs) You're good. I get the picture. Yeah. Um, you know, but raised like, no, you know, no sex until marriage, all that mm-hmm. sorts of mm-hmm. stuff. And if you don't accept Jesus into your heart, you're going to hell. And so are all yeah. of your friends. So you better save them, you know, and it's right. kind of scary. Yeah, it is. But it's a fear. Yeah. It sounds like it's, it's a fear-based. fear-based religion. I mean, most religions are fear-based. It's the easiest way to manipulate people is with fear. I mean, look at yeah. the 
shithead in the White House. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. No, no. I mean, fear is very fear efficient. Fear is powerful. Yes. It's very powerful. Yes. Um, so, you know, that kind of keeps you in line. You, I mean, you can even take that down to Santa Claus, honestly. When you tell a kid, yeah. hey, be good. be good or else you're, you're not going to get it. It's, yeah. it's basically Santa <laughs> right. exemplified, you know? Right. Um, but So yeah. you're questioning that. So I was questioning that. And In what way? Well, I just, it was very hypocritical to me mm-hmm. and very judgmental. And I really saw that. At an early age, mm. because my home life was full of anger and fights mm. and so much negativity and abuse and like all this stuff. And then we would go to church, and, <laughs> and everybody would be happy, right, and look and good, and, hands oh my and God. smiling. And yeah, then we would get yeah, in the yeah. car, and boom, awful. And I'm like, this is. Right, this we're pl- not we're, we're right. you're playing a role. You're yeah. playing a, a piece. Yeah. So you know, I I always had my eyebrow raised mm. in that direction, and I tried. I really did. I tried to but fit in. I tried. I, I tried to listen to the music, and I tried to have Christian friends, and I tried to go to Bible school and. Uh, you know, youth groups and all that stuff. I tried, but I hated it. Mm. Not, it felt soulless to me. It it didn't feel. I didn't feel anything. Mm. I didn't resonate with it. You're pretending at all. Yeah, I just you know. So it didn't work out. And so you know, I was given an ultimatum um, to, by your to, family. Yeah, to to start get paying in the ranks. Yeah, start paying rent. Start respecting us or move out and i was like well i'm leaving because okay. it's not happening so, so it was around 20 years old 20 i left and i was dating this guy and so that was a problem and then i moved in with the guy and that was a problem um and but you're so still seeing them so you're 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 still had a relationship with nope. your oh so that that was like boom mm-hmm. goodbye so that was like that for about two or three years and then i broke up with that guy and then suddenly i had a family again you know, I mean, how's that for conditional love? It's pretty gross. Right. Um, right. And yeah. And, and then. then <laughs> oh, and then. Finally, I think I'm going to do that. Yeah. And then I started taking off my clothes. Um, right. You're the devil. I am the devil. <laughs> so bad. I think the devil's just misunderstood, really. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so then I I started doing burlesque, and then it came out in the paper. There was an article that came out, and they saw it, and... Um, and that's how they learned about that's it. That's how they learned about it, because I wasn't talking about it. And so, because I felt like, well, well I'm going to lose them again. Right, you, you know? can't so talk I about it. So I just kept yeah. it quiet, but I was having some success, and... Mm-hmm. Um, were, were you in Chicago? I was, yeah. So so a, an article came out. I think it was in the Sun-Times. It may have been the Tribune. I don't remember. But mm-hmm. I used to teach burlesque in a sex store. So mm-hmm. they had a picture of me in a sex shop. With dildos with like everywhere. Oh, and like wow. Stuff. And so they called me and... and um, Give you another me, ultimatum? Had me come over. And I brought 
over a burlesque documentary because in my head I was like I can teach them what this is this mm, is this they're gonna understand can be really great like it's I'm not doing coke off of guys dicks like right you You're know not being a prostitute yeah like but you know they were I, there's no problem with right that, but, but they like had this whole vision of yeah. what my life was right and I'm like no 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 it's not that's not what I'm doing I'm doing this but we never even got to that. What wow. we got to was like Bibles came out, scripture was read, I was thrown out of oh the door. God. I mean, it was crazy. Talk about an inclusive uh, yeah. philosophy or religion exactly. or like way of life. Right? Exactly. So, you know, as much as you can say, who cares? Who cares what your family thinks, whatever. I mean, you do care. It's you want your family to love you, you know? Well, it's a huge support system in yeah. everybody's life, yeah. having a family around you. Yeah. So just being without a family is uh, like suddenly you, you're you're on your own, like for reals. And that can be really hard. Yeah. I mean, it was, ugh, it was so strange because I was having success I ran a business. I mean, I was self-sufficient for years before this. And, and you know, they didn't haven't helped me out, paid it for anything or whatever. Um, so I, I built this business and did all of this here in Chicago. And I had all these successes that I couldn't share with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't say, hey, I just won Miss Exotic World. You know, I mm-hmm. won this title and I couldn't say anything about it right it was right you can't share it just felt incomplete you know even with all the how i grew up and everything like you still want that validation right and again it's that chase for validation yeah (laughs) when really you just need to validate yourself with there's easier said than done but yeah yeah no it's it is Mm -hmm. a very it's very hard to Mm -hmm. do that and i mean i feel like Growing up as a child, it's a natural inclination to want to have attention from your parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I am a parent, so I have two kids. And oh my gosh, wow. Yeah, they're 11 and 12. So, oh. I mean, I've been through already, you know, they're entering now teenage years. Yeah, yeah. And it's just natural for my son and my daughter, but in a different way, to want to be seen mm-hmm. and validated by me mm-hmm. because and I did the mistake a few times by um, maybe expressing lightly something and judging mm. something that they did just thinking it, it was f- like uh, funny or, or more like a you know like a I was being smart and, Mm -hmm. you know, and then they took it very deeply and it really hurt them. And Mm -hmm. it took them a few days to come back to me and be like, hey, you really hurt my feelings when you said that. And me realizing, oh, shit, like what what I'm saying Mm -hmm. has actually such a depth. And it's a mirror to realize me Mm -hmm. as a kid. Mm -hmm. I I was the same way with my father, my mother. And it was very important. I think it's it's when you grow up, it it helps um construct yourself like it helps as to to become an adult and to become Mm -hmm. you know like your own person it's very important to get that validation and that support so it i i feel the transition is harder when eventually you become your own adult person Mm -hmm. and, and then how can you move that desire from validation from your parents to yourself right because eventually 
you become the one giving it to others. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But I still, you know, I still catch myself trying to get validated from uh-huh. my my mom. Well, actually, both of them. I uh-huh. still try. And how does that work? It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work at all. And, you know, so I will say after about five years of when, you know, I didn't have a family, my mom actually did come to me and she did apologize to me. Wow. That's big. It was big and I wasn't expecting it. And, um, you know, I decided to let her into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, if you ever do this again, we're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're done. Um, just operating with that conditional love is doesn't feel good, right. you know, from someone who's biologically supposed to love you. Right, <laughs> you know? I know, I know. Uh, right. No matter what, and um, so yeah, you know, I would I would try to say, oh, you know, I'm. I tell tell my dad I'm going to Europe and performing. He's like, oh. Yeah, I went to Michigan the other day, and I'm just like, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I just, whatever. I am fine. I don't even care. I know you don't care about what right, I do. Right. I happen to be good at it. It's it, it doesn't looks matter. like it's um, posing a moral issue, and I, I that would be a good for s- them. Or yes, for yeah. them, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, and probably for a part of the society oh, and a sure. part of the world. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which makes a good segue to ask you like about the deeper meaning of what you do because mm-hmm. obviously it's not just about flesh and no. showing mm-hmm. your butt because yeah. uh, I mean if it's about that you just have to open internet and you have millions of butts exactly. all over the place exactly so the the physicality can have I I really uh, appreciate the. Uh, aesthetic eroticism artistry mm-hmm. of the body mm-hmm. and, and because finally you know if you think about dance that's what we're doing we're watching bodies in movement right so then they have costume no costume in a way for me the body is a canvas mm-hmm. for art mm-hmm. and as uh, visual performers that's that's our that's our can, medium that's our medium mm-hmm. right yeah and th- i understood personally i understood that when I did, I uh, created a few shows. It was more like contemporary circus in Europe. And then I was uh, ending up naked, like really naked on stage because we don't have problem in Europe right, about I actually know. being naked. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. You can show your dick. Nobody gives a shit, you know? Right. So I finished actually literally naked because it was part of the concept of my show. I was doing a, a mutation. So like the, you know, like the worm going, becoming a butterfly. So there was this transition moment. So at one point I needed to be naked Mm -hmm. and I understood, oh my, it's because it was not uh, sensual at all. It was more conceptual and functioning. Mm -hmm. So I understood, oh my, my body is my canvas. When I'm on stage, my body is not my body anymore. It's more like this public tool that I use to share what I want to say mm-hmm. and I experience that when I watch you perform I feel the same way you're you're you have a deeper uh, meaning behind the the street the striptease per se yeah I mean the the, the deeper meaning is there if you want to see it if mm-hmm. if you don't want to see it 
and it's just a body you that's also available right you know so i get that even though i i have my ideas and and my wishes that this comes across uh-huh. i get that people are might miss it mm-hmm. but that's okay because they don't need all of that context in order to enjoy the entertainment right so you're speaking so, at all levels yeah so i'm not trying to alienate people Mm -hmm. like oh you just don't get it you Mm -hmm. know like I'm still that's the challenge is 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 blending that intention with the art and but making it have entertainment value to where people who just want to enjoy it for what it is can but people who want to break it down and get into it Mm -hmm. can do that also Mm -hmm. Um, so you're not elitist basically no. it's not like contemporary art no. where sometimes if you no. don't understand the concept you're like completely yeah no out I, of it <laughs> no right. i know i i definitely value the the um idea of of entertainment and what mm-hmm. we provide mm-hmm. i think the challenge is always there's a lot of people to please right so number one you want to please yourself mm-hmm and you then you want to please the audience and then you want to please the venue who's hiring you mm. <laughs> paying you mm. or the audience is paying you so there's a lot of different ideas all happening at mm. once um and so so you're caring about all that i like i like that challenge wow yeah i do um yeah it's it's is there a priority to that? I, I mean, I'm the priority. Mm-hmm. You're first. <laughs> I'm the yeah. priority. I don't. I don't. I don't want to put something out that I don't like. Right. That I don't believe in. It doesn't feel good. Right. Um, like yes, I could do that. I have the capabilities mm-hmm. to do that, but I don't like it. Mm-hmm. It's not me, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes I think about that, like. Oh God, maybe I should just do what everybody else is doing because right. they're getting more attention and maybe I should just suck it up and mm-hmm. put on this stupid wig and look like this and mm-hmm. look like everyone else, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think that because it's hard, it's just hard to be different, mm-hmm. right? Whatever. That's everybody's feeling about life. You know, it's hard to be different. Everybody feels like they don't belong. Everyone feels like they don't fit in. Um, but everyone feels like a misfit. Um, yeah, but some people try hard to fit in. Yeah, for sure. And some people, sure. like you're talking about, are okay by assuming to be different and are actually empowering that difference. Yes, exactly. And I, 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 I feel mm-hmm. that is a healing process, not only for yourself, but for everybody that yes. looks at you. Yeah, because the more that you're yourself the more you give permission for other people to be themselves and you just kind of open everything up and although you're on the front line so you must be taking a lot of heat (laughs) i am i'm like really in it and i'm doing it and um it's hard i mean it definitely you know like i said i battle it for sure um but i wouldn't have it any other way Mm -hmm. i really wouldn't it's just who you are yeah at your core feel like you know my you can't betray yourself no no it feels gross like when i think about it it's like Mm -hmm. you know yeah i mean i i I really uh understand you and and understand Mm. what you're doing and i feel the same way i'm having a really hard 
time doing what other people expect of me if I don't feel mm-hmm. feel it because mm-hmm. I'm like this I'm betraying myself yeah and maybe it's egocentric or you know like thinking so highly of myself and being like no uh and sometimes I look around me and like everybody is just doing what they're told to do and Mm -hmm. it seems that there's not many people that are actually sticking to their truth yeah it's really hard i mean there's a lot of things coming at you that will try to make you believe that your truth isn't true and that what you feel isn't right or um or won't be accepted Mm -hmm. i mean i i think that we are in a really good place because we have an outlet to explore that we have an outlet for expression um but i do believe that everyone feels this way yeah deep inside the but they can't express it or they don't know how to express it Mm -hmm. or they don't even know that there is something to express right because they're just so used to this grind yeah but uh, we as artists i think it's important that we do self-reflection and that we do the work in order for us to grow in our art, mm-hmm. we cannot stay stagnant. We ha- have to have a a check-in process with mm-hmm. ourselves. You know, oh, how are we feeling? What are you dealing with? What do you? Why are you dealing with that mm-hmm. thing? Where does that Where does that feeling come from? Where is it actually rooted in? You know, it's like all these different layers. Are you doing a psychotherapy through your carrier? Through my carrier? Like, like, are you? Are you? Is, it seems that you're you're using that to discover yourself. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Right. I really think um, burlesque, or in, at least in the way I do it, is a huge magnifying glass to your vulnerabilities and right. insecurities, and right. that it will surprise you. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, I've taught many students and brought them through to shows, and a lot of them are still performing and. You know, it's the first thing I tell them that you may not even realize that you feel a certain way until you get to that point. And yep. then you're like, what? what <laughs> I did fuck? not yeah, yeah. know that that was there. I didn't know I had to deal with this right. thing. And it just kind of comes at you, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, I have I've grown so much in mm-hmm. this for sure. This is wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I was, I mean, I feel the same way mm-hmm. um, being, you know, a performer and having to deal with failure and, and, and my big take as a juggler is like dropping mm-hmm. the ball on stage and yeah, not, yeah. you can't hide it. Right. You're just like, that's it. You failed and everybody sees it, knows it and how you're going to handle that mm-hmm. and many other things. But it, it is a mirror, Mm-hmm. definitely to, yeah. to to look into your soul what i never um adhere to and i did it a little bit when i was starting was actually using the stage as a couch so mm-hmm. the audience was like mm-hmm. my therapist yeah, sure. you see what i, I mean know, like sometimes sure. you see yeah. artists mm-hmm. or performers that go on stage and they're actually putting out their stuff that they don't know 
yeah. what is it exactly it's or it's very raw <laughs> Not and ready they for public. yeah, yeah for they sure. haven't find the answer yet yes. and you're witnessing that and for me i feel it makes me uncomfortable mm-hmm. because i I respect that, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure I want to witness while it's happening. Well, there's, I think, um, it's kind of batting at vulnerability. Uh-huh. Um, I think there's, I think there's a lot of that these days. I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm being vulnerable because I made a, a post on Facebook about right. or something. It's like, well, um, that's not really you're getting something off your chest. Uh-huh. You are using uh-huh. now now you're using Facebook as your therapy, uh-huh. right? So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. You're yeah, just yeah, yeah, throwing yeah. it out there to people and it's like, "Well, I feel better cuz I just puked all over you." Right. And the audience right. is like, "Yeah, but now it's all over me." Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. You know? But the thing is, like I think you can you can do that stuff. You think you can you can still, you know, do that therapy, right? But it's it's kind of the stuff you need to handle privately mm-hmm. in order for you to be uh, coherent right. and cohesive right. in your message and what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, so I definitely believe in that, but I don't believe in this sort of aggressive vulnerability yeah. that happens where you're just like, take it. Sh- shove like, it. Ah. On other pe- yeah. <laughs> I, can't not, I just wanted a good time. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. But I mean, I believe in the work. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and for me, it's worth using once you go through it and you you um, understand, like you you own it in a way that it's not deeply hurting you or whatever it is. Yeah, but you have your you know like you you I don't even know how to express that, but I it just there's a point where you can feel that okay I. I processed that mm-hmm. this is still part of me. This is p- part of my identity or maybe this part of my past, whatever it is. And I have a good handle on that. Yeah. So now I can share it when it's too raw. It's, it's this uncontrollable, controllable thing that's just like all over the place. Mm-hmm. I had that experience a few times where I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like you're taking all of the ingredients in your kitchen and just throwing it in a yeah. pot and hoping it works. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, uh, that didn't taste so great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Each ingredient is good, On but its like, own. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's about that that blend and the right amount, yeah. the right ingredients. And <laughs> what are you gonna yeah. what are you gonna pick? You know, to get your message across. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really impressed about the artistry you're describing in mm. creating a show in creating an act mm. and it's interesting because burlesque is not is not my um primary um tool like mm. you know I, right. I i came to discover it mainly through through my wife uh through kelly who, who was into that and mm. really uh, appreciating it and uh do, doing it herself but um because I saw you perform a few times and now that you're explaining, I'm, I'm, I'm understanding it more. I'm like mm. seeing mm. what you're describing. I'm like, mm. oh yeah, yeah, you, you are thinking about all those different levels and you are um, putting a lot into it. I'm not surprised it, it takes a year to create an act. Like, yeah. you know, pro- probably like not actively creating it, but like brewing and, and mm-hmm. 
because I feel like we create a lot like that, right? Like oh, it's yeah. in your unconscious. You're got a lot of things about marinating it up there for a long time, mm-hmm. and then eventually you're ready to act on it and mm-hmm. put it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working on a new one right now, and I'm hoping to get out in October. Um, we'll see. <laughs> nice. Is there a date already? Or? Um, it's gonna be uh, October. I think it's 24th or 25th in LA. Um, mm-hmm. There's a show? There's a show. performed for? Yeah, there's a show and I'm trying to get it ready. And um, yeah, it's going to be a, a sort of androgynous look, which will be different for, from anything that I have, uh-huh. which will be good. But I'm really feeling that right yeah. now. Yeah. So do yeah. you... One question about... Um, Actually, one question about androgynous. We are in a time Mm -hmm. where gender are moving. And I think you and I a little bit, but mostly you, must be in the front line of that because of what you do and working with uh, sexuality, Mm -hmm. um, sensuality, eroticism. What's your take on it? Like, when I say that, it's like it's not a question of like i mean i understand what's happening right Mm -hmm. gender uh gender neutral transgender all this is happening i understand it's a deep desire in human beings to be true to themselves and have the world see them as who they truly are Mm -hmm. for me as a french person in my language there's no neutral right every word every has word a gender. has a yeah. gender so just starting to try to think about gender neutral intrinsically in my mind i, I didn't grow up with that capacity right so hopefully i'm fluent in english so i i learn another language but I'm realizing like it is challenging to yeah. think about all that. And I don't know. Maybe yeah, I actually I've I've thought about that in terms of the romantic languages, how that if that is going to change the language or not, because mm-hmm. everything is either feminine or masculine. Mm-hmm. And for reasons I don't get, like your pen is masculine. Right. Al estilo. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. okay, well, who made that a, ma- a dude? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I'm curious if that will, will filter down into language for yeah. you. I don't know. Um, as far as me, I mean, burlesque, I think, has always been on the front line mm-hmm. of that and really tackling those issues, not only issues of gender, but also issues of race and um, sexuality and cultural appropriation and shape, um, even shape and because I see stereotypes. Of, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, stereotypes. For as long as I've been doing it, it has been tearing down as many walls as as possible Mm -hmm. and in creating a space where people can create and can be their true selves Mm -hmm. and um so i feel like that has been happening for a while in the underground scene Mm -hmm. that uh, the world is just now catching up right and talking about it yeah um i think the thing is that i do think there are still 
masculine and feminine qualities. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily determine your gender. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I definitely feel a lot of masculinity, masculine energy in Mm -hmm. myself, Mm -hmm. but I am definitely a woman. Mm -hmm. I I definitely feel my feminine Mm -hmm. and embracing that feminine. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm neither, but I, I think that should also be okay, that some people are okay being one or the other. Mm-hmm. But I think that we should embrace all of our qualities. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to shut down my, my masculine side because I'm a woman. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I should be what a woman is. What is a woman? Right. <laughs> what right. is that? It could be whatever you want it to be. Right. There's so many different definitions of what that is. Right. Same as men, you know, and I think everything's a bit muddy right now. It's a mm-hmm. bit confusing. And I think there's a lot of anger. I think there's a lot of heat mm-hmm. surrounding it. Um, from, from where? From I, just people. And I think there's a lot of sensitivities. And Not I, knowing how to handle that? Yeah. I just think people don't, they don't know how to communicate it effectively mm. to people who really don't get it. I mean, mm. I will say we are super, super lucky to be in a metropolitan area. Mm. We're in a city. We're in a city where people have open minds mm. and we share and we are together and we're experiencing all different kinds of people mm. all of the time in tight spaces. Right. So just right. the fact that you see people like that, like randomly that around the street yeah. or on the corner yes. makes it more normal. Exactly. But this is not what America is. Mm-hmm. When you step outside of this, even if I go visit my mom, she's an hour south of here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. The things right. that come it's out of the her mouth, yeah. the things that they think, even just an hour outside of the city, mm-hmm. there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do. Right. But really, for me, I think it comes down to not living your life in fear, having extreme compassion mm-hmm. for everybody, mm-hmm. and coming from a place of love. Mm-hmm. That all sounds great, but it's it's feats of strength. Yeah, honestly, to implement it to in implement real life that is uh, for people who are not as lucky as we are to yeah. be to be in an environment like this all of the time. Yeah, you know and. God, like if we shut shut ourselves off to a certain person because they identify as a they, mm-hmm. but w- because we have our own ideas of what they should be, mm-hmm. who cares what we think they should be? Right. You know, they want, that's what they want to be. That's mm-hmm. what they are. That it's so great that we're in a place where we can actually talk about that now. Yeah. We can actually give that space for people to be themselves. Yeah. Because what a prison it is to not be yourself. Yeah. And if we, <laughs> the thing is, it takes great strength to be who you are. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Which I find I, so strange because it should be the easiest thing, but it is yeah. not. It yeah. is very difficult to really live in yourself. Yeah. And the people that, are taking those chances and doing it. I mean, 
it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I really, yeah, I feel you. And, and it's true that I, I admire the, the people that decide to own that mm-hmm. uh, because it takes a lot of strength to, yes. to, to put yourself first. And, and, and the people and that did it in the past. Yeah, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. Wow. Precursors of, of that yeah. movement. Just incredible. Yeah. Um, Trailblazers, it, pioneers. I mean, jeez. Mm-hmm. We're so lucky. We're mm-hmm. so lucky. Like, yes, there is still a fight to fight. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is I was even listening to like the problem the pride is having right now is like there's two different prides. Yeah. Because there's one pride that's like true to whatever the, the, the origins of the pride. And then another pride is like, well, we're just letting all the big corporation get in and, and yeah. like brainwash like, oh, they're for uh, lgbt plus yeah. community but actually they're not really and they're just using that as like being seen like that and yeah. blah 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 and i was like well that sucks all all this thing sucks but like we're dealing with problems that i mean a while ago people were dying mm-hmm. because they were gay so now we're like dealing with a different kind of problem which means that we're we're in a much better place yes yeah i mean it it is it's still a a sticky place but it's a luxurious place compared to where it came from yeah you know i (laughs) for me even though it's hard i think it's such a luxury to be able to deal with your feelings and deal with your emotions and mm-hmm. have the time to be self-reflective because yeah, in a way, it's true, because yeah. you you're not worried about some tiger Surviving. who's gonna right. attack you <laughs> you know you, or you have a roof over your head or you have food or whatever yeah. like you have you have your basic needs met mm-hmm. so that you can do this other work absolutely so even though it's so it can be so cumbersome sometimes and just really get you down i mean in the end it is it's a such gift. a luxury to yeah. be able to do that yeah so your desire to for this new sh- uh, act uh, that's more andri- androgynous mm-hmm. is it also in like coming because of the those times no it's just coming because that's how i feel uh-huh. and i've always felt that way mm-hmm. i've always enjoyed um playing with that Mm -hmm. even though i haven't really expressed it on stage okay so i i i always enjoy that look i really like um i don't know sort of just like the really masculine femme look Uh i really love you know the slicked back hair and the tailored suit and I just, I just think it's super sexy, uh-huh. you know, and I really, I like that. I've always liked that and I've never done anything with uh-huh. it. I, I batted at it a little bit at the beginning of my career and I had a, a little act, but, um, you know, it's not anything that I do anymore. So mm. now I want to take it to a different level. Um, and of course I have, uh, hopefully if I can get the prop made, uh-huh. Um, a little surprise in there, but cool, cool. <laughs> we'll see, um, yeah. So I, I really like, I really like that. So I'm not. I guess it might be my most politically charged 
piece, but I don't necessarily do political acts. Right, right, right. right. But um, I hadn't actually thought of that until now. Mm -hmm. It's just really how I feel Mm -hmm. and how I've been feeling. And so I just want to get it out of me yeah, so I can yeah. move on to something else. But, um, do you, do you keep your, some of your acts like a repertoire? Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'll cycle through things that, you know, do you just sense. feel like doing it again or is it, uh, yeah. Or like, like it'll asking make, you, yeah, they'll like, ask me for it. Or if, you know, if I have an opportunity to do a big prop act, I definitely will. Um, I love doing that stuff, but yeah, it just kind of depends on the venue and the situation. Like I can't, not all of my acts are appropriate for all venues, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's just easier to bring a bow and a pair of gloves and call it a day. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I know. I, yeah, but I've been performing, but my acts, but mostly like, how I feel, mm-hmm. you know, so, it, but it's true that sometimes the venue is appropriate so you can do some yeah. stuff more than others. Yeah. I mean, with burlesque, you know, you're investing a lot of money That's into stuff. Thing. So it's not, I don't really do a lot of theme shows. Uh-huh. Um, but it, like, cause it costs a lot of money to make the costume, you know? So if I'm going to invest in that, I want to be able to use it over to, and over and mm-hmm. make it work mm-hmm. for me. So, yeah yeah it's true that i've never thought about this but now that i think of it yeah every time you see burlesque and it's beautiful act there is a lot of props and Mm. they're beautiful and Mm. all of that costs money to make yeah wow i know (laughs) i know yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean i wish that it would just appear in Uh my house Uh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah, there's a lot of uh a lot of work behind the scenes Mm -hmm. for sure What's the difference between burlesque and strip striptease? Is there a difference? Uh, do you mean striptease like in a strip club, or what do you mean, or just the word striptease? I guess just the word, because there's two different words, right? Like now we yeah, can say. Yeah, I mean striptease is a part of burlesque, so right. it's, they're kind of synonymous at, at the at this rate anyway these days. Um, mm. Burlesque in its in its actual definition means to parody. Mm-hmm. to make fun of satire it's comedy um and then striptease became a part of burlesque shows so burlesque is like embellished striptease uh, um well i'm not no so striptease is the act of removal mm-hmm. so if you're talking about like stripping in a club versus doing a burlesque show um burlesque is more expensive to do. Mm. <laughs> I think maybe you make less money doing burlesque. Mm. Um, but also when you do burlesque, it's it's usually for a, a, a big audience. Mm-hmm. We're usually at a strip club. It's maybe more personal, mm-hmm. maybe more one on one. So it the the feeling of it is different, mm-hmm. and the intention behind it is different. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think burlesque can, is a, a bit more grandiose Mm -hmm. a bit more showy Mm -hmm. right and then a strip club is a bit more raw and have you ever worked in a strip club no but i i mean i don't think i could handle it mentally honestly Mm. i don't i think the amount of mental work you have to do in that 
to stay in sane and sane and w it's healthy. It's a lot. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a lot. And um, yeah, of course, I have no trouble with the content. I would love to, to do that. I think mm -hmm. it would be really fun. And but when it comes down to, you know, trying to make that connection with one person or giving a lap dance or something, I just I don't think I have the capacity to handle it mentally. I just think it, Why? it's because I, I think it's really draining energetically mm. Mm. and I just can't. I just don't think I could do it. Mm. No, yeah. I understand that. I yeah. totally understand that. I actually, you have to like be someone else for every person all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just when I think about it, I get drained. I don't think right. I can do it. Yeah. Well, I, I guess it's like everything you once you do something, you get used to it. Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm sure I mean, you build up the, you know, what you need to build up. To some make sort of endurance. But I, I agree with you. I, I view uh, people who do that works in strict club, like with a lot of respect and oh uh, like amazed yeah, about for sure. how they can do that. And especially the people that stay healthy and mm -hmm. sane and have a healthy life, fulfilled life while mm -hmm. doing that. Because yeah. there's so much also social judgment and oh my gosh yeah you know like oh yeah for sure i mean women are powerful mm -hmm. everyone knows it except us right what where, what you is know? this because i i i mean i have a weird um story about mm -hmm. patriarchy mm. as uh, growing up you know like i was raised by my mom obviously and my dad but i mean they were my mom was um feminist mm -hmm. during the movement of like the 60s and, and early 70s um in it was huge in france as well as, as it was huge here in california mm -hmm. she was definitely a feminist uh, women's right everything and That's i heard great. that at home so I heard the concept, but the, my reality was my father is Syrian, mm, he's mm -hmm. Arabic, and yeah. he grew up in an Arabic um, family mm -hmm. where men didn't do shit and women took care of everything because women didn't work and, I mean, uh, they didn't have a job like outside of the house. The, mm -hmm. Their job was to take care of the house and the family and everything. So it's not even wrong in the sense that I, I know that that's how it was. And so my father is not, you know, an asshole, but this is just how he grew up yeah. and who, how he lived his life. So my mom spent her life trying to educate and change my father. But my father is, yeah, it's, ingrained. it's hard to, mm -hmm. to change, you know, especially when, when you're older. Mm -hmm. And so I'm saying that because when I got my first girlfriend and then eventually my first wife, I was always talking feminist and being like, yeah, of course, you know, like we need to share the task and share the uh, core chores and all that. And, but I was not doing shit because actually that's how oh, I grew up. Sure. Yeah. I you grew up with the, the concept, right, right, right. but not doing shit. Uh. Yeah. And, and it took me a long time to put two and two together mm. and be like, oh, actually being feminist is not just talking about it. Right. It's about actually walking the walk and, and, and actually. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I had to do a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> right. To move 
from that. And I feel it really helped me understand, well, the deep problem we have in our society, in our patriarchal society, that even though we're talking about a lot of concepts of, yeah, of course, we should be paid equal, we should share Mm -hmm. equal, whatever it is, we should be equal. It looks like we're not doing it at all. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The thing is, is that we are equal, but we are not the same. Mm -hmm. And I think we should absolutely have equal opportunities Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, the, the challenge is, is that women have also just like you been in this environment where they have been told over and over again that they are less than and they don't deserve what a man deserves and they're not as valuable as a man um, or as smart or as strong or whatever, name Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) We're less than in every Mm -hmm. capacity. And the work that needs to happen, of course, needs to happen as a whole. So women do need to rise up. However, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, we have to do the work internally Mm -hmm. first before we can be effective as a whole. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that I try to do in my classes um, is to give that gift to women, to give Mm -hmm. that gift of strength to them. Mm -hmm. So you talk about being like your art is a mirror. I want to be that mirror for them. I want to hold up that mirror and say, look at you. You're beautiful. Mm -hmm. You are strong. Take this, internalize it, use it, and move forward in that. And that is something I'm very passionate about. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So I feel this, this is definitely changing the world. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not just through, (laughs) right. So burlesque is, is your magnifying glass, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, we can learn how to shimmy. We can learn how to shake, Mm -hmm. but in the end, what are we really learning? Mm -hmm. We're learning to be confident. We're learning to be strong. We're learning to take up our space, which is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Take up your space in this world. And not just physically, but emotionally, mentally, mm-hmm. spiritually. Like, you are a full being. Mm-hmm. You are not parts. Mm-hmm. And imagine if we, if we took all of our parts, instead of compartmentalizing them, mm-hmm. if we took them all and used them as a whole and embraced all of them, how much stronger we can be. I, I think that's exactly what men has been terrified of. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Oh, for, yeah. For since, <laughs> you know, yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, strong women are a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, yeah. I, I honestly, I, I, I also thought we were, you know, men were strong, and I, th- I think for a long time I thought we were equals, in a sense, like, equally strong, and now I'm like, oh, no, women are way more powerful mm-hmm. than men, that's yeah. for sure. I can't compete with women at all. 
Yeah. Like women are so strong, so smart, so powerful. They fucking give birth. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> incredible. It's just we give birth to the people who tell us we're nothing. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense. And yeah. It's crazy. It's yeah. like yeah. So if there's a lot of work to a do being out there. in your body, like welcoming a new being and mm-hmm. bringing them to life and popping them out of your body, it's like just the the craziest yeah thing ever and men can absolutely not do that and we cannot even start to conceive what you're going through Mm -hmm. when that happened and we're you know i mean i I have two children and i was present during uh their mom's pregnancy and i was there when they were born I, i welcomed them in the world and i witnessed all that and i was like i'm not doing shit I'm, not, I'm participating in that but it's like i'm i'm like 10 percent you know their mom is like creating life like yeah. she's just i'm not even 10 percent. i'm like you know like, yeah i have a, a friend who's pregnant right now and she's like i don't know i'm a little tired and then <laughs> and then another friend was like yeah you're making a foot today like yeah. you should be tired yeah. <laughs> it's fine totally yeah, yeah. It's crazy, and we take that for granted. We just, yeah, we just, mm-hmm. we just take that for granted, and then, yeah, th- there's yeah. this thing. I, I'm seeing it in like, but it, it's happening in pop culture. It's happening in the culture. I mean, it's been happening. The thing is, like, it's been happening for a while now, mm-hmm. right? Like, yes. 60s and then yeah. 70s. That was okay. Mm-hmm. The click, yeah, at least in. Um, you know, like Occident or whatever, like Europe, America, like click happened, something started changing. And now we're like, it, but it was like 50 years ago, mm-hmm. 50 years ago. That's a long time. Yeah, but also not, you know, uh, it also yeah. feels like, you know, we've made such great strides that when things happen now, it's like we should know better. We've mm-hmm. already been there. Yeah. We've already done that. Yeah. Like, we don't have to do that again. Mm-hmm. Let's learn those lessons, put a pin in that, and move on from that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I mean, great stuff is happening. So many great voices are out there, you know, that are are trying people are trying to silence them and it works sometimes. Um, just simple things like People's Instagram accounts are being taken down because they're too salacious or too suggestive mm-hmm. or Did it they're to saying, you? yeah, it happened to me. So um, my account was disabled and then um, I got it back, but then I was kind of buried in right. all the content. Can't find and you. I, you know, so I feel like I might just be crawling out of that hole, but it felt really gross. It mm. felt like you just took away my voice. You literally silenced me. Um, I'm not just a body. I have things to say. This is a platform for me. And you just to express yourself you as an artist and a it. human being. You yeah. Know. And it's happening to so well, isn't many that? women and so right. many artists who feature women. It's happening to and um, a lot of sex workers. And there's um, there's a podcast called Sluts and Scholars uh-huh. that was just banned from iTunes. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. So I that's didn't know they were major. banning stuff. 
Yeah. Whoa. So now that's a thing. <laughs> you know? And Shit. So you can't say what you want now? Yeah. So oh now, so it really is a silencing thing. I, have you seen The Handmaid's Tale at all? It, it speaks to me, but I don't it's know. It's a it's a show. I mean, it's a book by by Margaret Atwood. But oh yeah, um, it's a show on Hulu, and it's it's. No, it's I didn't a, see the show, but I, I heard about the book. I mean, it's a very exaggerated world of what uh, women are going through, mm. but it it rings too true right mm. now, and it's 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 really scary. It's really scary because if things keep going as they're going completely uncontrolled mm. um i i don't know i'm scared and everybody's scared ab- about it and yeah no one knows how, what to do i mean it's very hard it's it, well you know, i mean banks it's can clear. shut down we, your accounts right paypal can freeze your account if you're if they think what you're doing is too much mm-hmm. um so ugh, yeah it's it's scary. That's fucked up. Yeah, I don't know. That's fucked up because we are in a country where free speech is a thing, mm-hmm. and people, I mean, in my country, in France, people died mm-hmm. to get that right. Yeah, and to same, yeah, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, in France, and I feel like that's something we share, like America and France, is really like free speech. Like mm-hmm. people were fight to the death to to have that yeah. and to protect that. And that is not free speech. No. The problem is that all those companies are privates. Mm-hmm. So they do whatever the fuck exactly. they want. And it is, yeah. uh, from my perspective, there's a lot of things that are owned by the government in France. And actually the, the French government has been selling a lot of stuff to private companies. And since it's gone bad, it was much better when it was, owned by the government and it's public it's the public hands it's like public goods we need to share the roads we need to share gas or whatever we don't need a private company to make profit or all of that right. right now it seems to me that um some of those platform should be public should be public publicly owned by the government so you know yeah, like the rules protected. are right. free speech mm-hmm. and you know like there yeah. are clear rules that align with the constitution and the laws of the country you yeah. know well i mean honestly um i think the country is sick i think it's very very sick and i i don't know how we're going to turn it around i i think there's definitely strides that we can take in our own personal lives and in our communities that we work with um, in and around those communities um, I do think that is a catalyst for change on a on a mass scale mm-hmm. but there's so when you talk about the government you talk about private companies you know you can talk about the money and follow the money and people are making decisions based on money and mm-hmm. not for the good of the people, mm-hmm. not for the health of the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, a small example can be our, our food industry and our pharma industry. And the, the food that we have here is terrible. Mm-hmm. It is terrible. Mm-hmm. And it's making all of us sick. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good news for the drug companies. So they're not going to change the food supply mm-hmm. because then they're going to make less money. 
Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's a mess. It's mm-hmm. a big mess. <laughs> and if you speak out against it, I, there's so much pushback. So much pushback on that stuff. Well, you and need- that's just a small, it's not small, no, but it's, it's one example. It's one, of, yeah. You know, the but sickness. you need you need so much money to, mm-hmm. to push back against that because yeah. they come at you with billions right. of dollars. But who's going to support it? Because everything is they're all tied mm. in. I mean, it's gross. It's pretty gross. But anyway, is it a proof <laughs> of like f- capitalism is failing? That is actually might not be a g- because I, I've been a, uh, l- like learning. I I think like everybody like at school mm. and uh, all that, and I came to realize like. Ca- the 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 concept of capitalism is not bad actually the concept of communism is not bad at all you mm. know I, when i when i hear like and i study the concept right communism sounds awesome capitalism sounds awesome all of those different are like different philosophies and concepts but the implementation yes eventually turns to fucking nightmare well that's the thing it's because humans are involved Right. So um, we can all have good intentions. I think there's there's definitely good intention out there, Mm -hmm. but it can be grabbed by the wrong people who will use that to manipulate you Mm -hmm. with fear. Mm -hmm. So, again, it comes down to To fear. fear. And religion and religion is the, the biggest manipulator of them all. Well, yeah, and the yeah. oldest. I mean, mm-hmm. we're proven time and time like, again. T- yeah, you it's know? thousands of years yeah. of, of manipulation. And but you know what? Like, what happens? What happens when we let that fear go? It's scary mm. because you get so used to the fear. You get so it's like a comfy little blanket. And then yeah, that's what you learn you, to live with. Yeah, you just you carry it with you all the time. You don't you don't even know. You don't mm. even realize it's there. And then, what if you got rid of that blanket? Mm. It might be a little chilly. <laughs> it might be a little scary. Right. You know. Feel a little naked. Yeah, feel a little naked, for sure. Uh. Um, and I I think it, it takes a lot of strength and a lot of courage to. Mm. To operate without that fear, mm. you know, um, just looking at, just looking at my experiences, but also looking at um, my family and the amount of fear and heaviness and burden that they carry with them mm. on a regular basis, and just how that influences all of their interactions in life, you know. And I know this is not just my family. I know yeah. this is. Uh, most of America, if not the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know too much about, you know, European culture and how that works, but here it's heavy, mm-hmm. you know, and the fear and the guilt and the manipulation and, and we just operate within that. Mm-hmm. Do you think people are aware of that? No, I think a few are, I think a few are, um, and those that are, you know, they either make the choice to live with it or right. battle it. Right. It's a long battle because mm-hmm. fear can take many different forms. Mm-hmm. Sneak up on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Lots to think about. We should have that tequila now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. It's a good one, also. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do like, I like oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I, I don't have anything to put because I always drink from like that. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're doing shots of tequila now. <laughs> I sip my shots, though. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, you don't need to. I get yeah. whatever you want. That's yeah. how I roll. Mm-hmm. I don't like shots actually because usually it's, you do a shot because you want to get drunk. It's bad and yeah. you get drunk and taste bad, so you drink it fast. It's like no, it's good. Take your time. Yes, enjoy it, savor it. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, I've been listening. Uh, Wonderful. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about that. About fear. Fear, greed. Right mm-hmm. now I'm thinking a lot about, about greed because um, first time in my life I'm considering getting a day job because mm-hmm. here in America um, <clears throat> it's just much harder to yeah. make a living as a performer. For sure. Um, it's, <laughs> it's not as well paid there's not as many gigs uh Mm. the society sees performers in a different way so it's more like Mm -hmm. you're doing a job like anybody else and Mm -hmm. it's like it's not that i'm better but like i I do have a skill that's different and you know it um should be rewarded (coughs) maybe differently so i don't know i've been going through like a lot of thinking um maybe middle-aged crisis too i don't know exactly but you know Mm -hmm. and then so i I looked around and i asked around and i'm seeing and i'm seeing and i'm kind of like waking up to life realizing that i've been in a bubble Mm. by being a performer and being able to live my life as a performer that's amazing yeah Yeah, it's actually it's so great yeah Mm -hmm. it's actually i was super privileged to be able to do that have my own thoughts my own I was very opinionated about, you know, society, life, what art means to me, why I'm doing that. But all of that was because I was able to live from my art. Mm -hmm. And so now it's different because I don't make as much money. And also I don't want to tour anymore Mm -hmm. the way I did because I want to have a family here and I want a different life. So then I was considering job random jobs and i'm realizing like a lot of people are doing things they don't want to be doing yeah right and Mm -hmm. also making decision based on money not based on what they truly want or is it good for them is it good for the world is it good for their community Mm -hmm. it's like a lot of people make the bad decision i mean decisions that are going to have negative impact on their on themselves yeah. or their family or the community or the world yeah. and the justification is oh i'm going to make a million dollar i was like what yeah yeah the, the money is not a justification for being an asshole human being mm-hmm. but it looks like it is and yeah. i didn't re- i didn't know that because i was kind of like protected in my own world Right. Yeah, we don't really have to deal with that no. very much. But that's, I mean, that's what a lot of people deal with. 
every day. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I can't imagine waking up and driving an hour in traffic and going to a job that I hate and then going home and doing it all again. Yeah. You know, I, but that's what people do. And how is it possible? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't think we're cut out for that. So maybe I do believe that there are actually people who do that, who do enjoy it and who do yeah. like it. And thank goodness for them because we need them. Mm-hmm. We need people to do the jobs that we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't all be strippers and jugglers. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> you know? And that's not what I'm advocating. You <laughs> no, know? I know, I'm not I know. thinking like yeah. we should all be performers. Sure, no, I know, I know. But <laughs> but it is it is nice to be able to to live um, an artistic life, yeah. a, a curated kind of life. Yeah. Um, a, a deliberate mm-hmm. life. Um, yeah, I don't know. As far as greed is concerned, I mean, money does make things a lot easier. That's yeah. for sure. But isn't it what it meant to be? To be a, a, a tool to make things easier, not a, not a goal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would... I would I would love to make money. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think when you talk about art versus commerce, you know, can can art make money? Should it make money? You know, are you an artist if you're making money? Right. Like, there's a lot of that conversation too, and I don't see a problem with that. I mm-hmm. really don't. Um, yeah, I want to get paid for what I do. Mm-hmm. I, oh no, me I, too. I would love. I would love to not have to worry about money. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't really know what that feels like. Um, yeah, I have the same battle too, because I'm like, it, it's it's a real struggle. Like, I was hearing pe- scientists or whatever, like, observing that when you're stressing about money, you're actually losing IQ points. Mm. It's actually, they've proven that when you're like in survival mode because you don't have enough money to pay your bills or something, you're actually losing IQ points. You, you it impairs your way to think and and be logical and and you know. Yeah, you know it's funny. Um, LA is really it's full of a lot of new thought a lot of sort of thought causation and there's a lot of um, different philosophies that are out there and it's so pervasive in the culture Mm -hmm. um, which I kind of love. I love how witchy and magical it Mm -hmm. is. It's definitely got all those those, uh, currents in it. But someone said that worrying is like praying for the thing you don't want yeah yeah (laughs) because you're putting all of your energy into something that's negative Mm -hmm. and what if you switched it right so i'm a i'm a big worrier i i definitely am working really hard to think about things positively Uh think about things that i do want to happen because I naturally go towards things that I don't want to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to rewire my brain yeah. and to think about things that I do want. Yeah. 
and even just to admit things I do want takes a vulnerability and a courage to, to speak a desire or to or a goal and to put it out there is I might sound weird but it's not really anything that I did before yeah and now it's I'm finding that I have to do it. But when I do it, I feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I feel, I, I think I have to battle the idea that like, you know, if you want something or you go after something that you're arrogant or, right. or uh, foolish or whatever, you right. know, egocentric. Yeah. I want a TV show there. Mm-hmm. I said it. Mm-hmm. I want it. <laughs> I've, mm-hmm. I've, wanted it for a long time i love doing tv mm-hmm. i think my message is important i want it out there and you'd that be amazing is, at it that would be a great platform mm-hmm. for me and that's where i can reach the most people mm-hmm. and so okay so now so now i've said it so now how do i make it happen mm-hmm. you know but even just admitting that and being like oh yeah yeah i do i do want that <laughs> yeah, um, you know, <laughs> it's like okay, you're right. Um, it is it, a, big a big deal. deal. It is it's a big, big deal. deal. It, it's you know to admit that desire, I think, is courageous. Yeah. Um, but putting your thought towards those things and not just like, well, I don't want this to happen, and mm-hmm. I don't want that person to get that thing and do that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. You're actually, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's weird, but I can I can dream better for other people than I can for myself. I can be like, oh, well, I see you doing this, and I can see this happening, and then wow. I'll like make up this whole life for this other person, <laughs> and then I get upset about it because I'm like, how come that's not happening to me? But in reality, nothing has happened. Uh-huh, <laughs> it's, uh-huh. like, it's kind of a mess. Isn't it um, um, a woman uh, strength? To, to be able to wish the best for someone else? I mean, you're talking about being a mother. Oh, yeah. I guess I do have... I guess I... I you know what? I don't feel very maternal, but I guess... I don't feel maternal in the in the traditional way, I guess. I, I don't want a kid. I've never wanted mm-hmm. a kid, but... But I, you, it's it's a maternal trait of, yeah. trait of like being, you know, being able to see someone... And their their potential and mm-hmm. and and wish them better like yeah. this is very female I feel like men yeah I don't are, know I mean as a man I'm very selfish and I feel it's easier for men to be selfish and just mm. wish put them fir- put themselves first I don't know if it's easier I think maybe it's just ingrained in women that being selfish is wrong and mm. that. I think it's very hard for women to to be selfish. And I'm not saying selfish in a negative way. I'm saying selfish in a way that's positive mm. in, a, in the way Think that, about you first. In a way that involves self-care. You know, you cannot take care of other people unless you take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. Put your mask on before helping others. You mm. know, I mean it's real. That's a real thing. And and when I was teaching a lot I couldn't do it. I was drained I was drained because I was just giving I was pouring out I was seriously like just you know I was like suck my teeth like (laughs) I'm fucking dry I've got nothing left (laughs) you know and I I was so exhausted and I 
I gave and gave and gave and I wasn't I wasn't feeding myself mm. I wasn't being artistically fed I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do in order to give and teach effectively mm-hmm. and it ended up me just kind of breaking away from it and being like I can't mm. I can't do it anymore I I need to break away and figure out my own shit mm-hmm. before you can I give again on. or you yeah mm. you know so I I still teach I teach in in different capacities but right now I'm very interested in feeding artistically yourself I'm just I'm like a vampire right now Mm. I'm just sucking it all I'm just feeding so hard Mm -hmm. and it's really good Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's really good and I really needed it because you've been depleted it sounds Mm -hmm. like you've been depleted of your own yeah life force you give it away for sure yeah it was just like giving 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 and I was like (gasps) but you see what you're describing I don't even think a man could handle that mm. that amount of giving mm. you know yeah it's, I mean it, it was tough you know because I was dealing with a lot of women in, in a lot of different capacities and in all different parts of their life mm. and different experiences right so I cared very much mm-hmm. for everybody um, but sometimes so you had different I would, roles yeah I I mean honestly I would strategize and think like if I say this this person will understand me but this person won't Mm. so I need to say it differently for that person to get it than I would to this person because their experience or Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. you know like teaching is not just a blanket yeah thing you know like people learn differently so you have to adjust right as a teacher um well that that you say that like it's obvious but it's really wise it shows that you're a good teacher because you understand that yeah um but yeah i mean i i was giving a lot i cared a lot for all of my students but i would also start to internalize their issues and like take them home with me and then that Mm. would bring me down you Mm. know and then it got to the point where I got kind of resentful Mm. because I wasn't I didn't feel like I had time for myself and and that I wasn't achieving what I wanted to Mm -hmm. achieve and And it was because of that yeah and it I mean I think that's definitely a motherly thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) for sure Mm -hmm. I think you know in my own experience my mom has definitely been very resentful of me because I've been able to push through the fear and go after things where she hasn't Mm -hmm. I think that she's in a good place with that now Mm -hmm. I want so much more for her I want so much more for her so badly but it comes to the point where I can't want it more than she does right you know um, you can't force her if she can't have it she yeah Yeah, so um, that was just unhealthy Mm -hmm. you know and I I just I dealt with it in in not all good ways Mm. (laughs) you know there's I, there's things I definitely feel bad about, um, but like what know, it was, I just feel like sometimes I had too much anger towards them, or I just acted out. I, you know, I also um, kind of 
ran away to New Orleans mm. for about three years. So mm. I split my time between here and New Orleans. And to me, New Orleans, I thought I was, I knew that I needed to be fed. And so I thought that New Orleans was actually giving that to me. Mm. And New Orleans is a magical and very visceral, sticky city. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's great. The energy there is insane. Um, but it can pull you down into the muck. Okay. And it got me. Oh. It pulled me into the muck. And I stayed there for a bit. I stayed there without really pursuing my ambitions. Mm-hmm. Just kind of feeding, literally feeding, drinking a ton, mm-hmm. really living decadently without any sort of balance. Mm-hmm. Because I was just mad. Right. You know, and then I woke up and I was like, what am I doing? Right. <laughs> I am completely wasting my life right now. This well, is ridiculous. After how long? Uh, three years of doing it that. It took you three, or took three years? Three years. Um, yeah, we split our time. So we would go there every month for about a week or two every month. And, um, and then there was like a, a week of uh, m- mayhem. Mayhem. <laughs> yeah. Like, mayhem um but it was like beautiful and mysterious and sexy Mm. and like hot and sweaty and did i say magical i probably did Mm -hmm. but i mean it's just it's a have you been there before no i mean it's it's a city like no other it really is it's really special there's a lot of french influence there Mm -hmm. um yeah, it's just like, I don't know, dirty, mm-hmm. gritty, real, mm-hmm. but also a weird kind of bubble. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I, I enjoyed it. And then I had to stop. But then you had to get out <laughs> of it. I had to yeah. stop. Yeah. Yeah, I had to stop. And um, So that's when you decided to move completely back to Chicago mm-hmm. or did you... Move to LA. No, I moved completely back to Chicago, uh-huh. and um, things are really good here. You mm-hmm. know, I've been, I've been, oh my gosh, I've been working here for almost seventeen years. Nice, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, I built, I built a lot here, mm-hmm. and I'm really happy to be able to do the things that I'm doing now. And um, when did you move to LA? Is it? Well, it was ago? about a year and a half ago. A year and a half. Um, but really, we didn't really settle down there until about a year ago. Because mm. once we moved, we traveled like crazy. I mm. mean, I spent a month in Europe um, doing shows and teaching and, and all of that. So we really didn't start planting any roots there until about mid-June. So, so a year it's ago. It's been about a year. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, you know, it's honestly a place that I've always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And it's a place that I've always really liked. I've, I've always really liked the energy. I've always right. really liked... Because you've been traveling there Yeah, frequently. for years, for mm. years. And I, I've always thought, like, this is a place where there's opportunity. Mm-hmm. More than in Chicago? It's just different. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a place where your voice can be amplified. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel that I need that now. Mm. And so I'm trying to figure out how to get that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. as, as far yeah. as burlesque is concerned, you know, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's just different. Um, I mean, what we have going on at Untitled right now is mm-hmm. great. And it's a great venue with a great stage. And it's kind Absolutely. of the dream situation. It's very know? popular, too. Like, mm-hmm. there's audience all the time. Yeah. It's a really beautiful space. And mm-hmm. Honestly, there's not a lot of spaces like that in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm really yeah. happy to be working there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about Las Vegas? Yeah, Las Vegas is mm-hmm, I don't know. It's okay. I would I would definitely entertain doing a show there. The thought of living there doesn't excite me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you lived there before? No, no, no. I've actually never been to Las Vegas. I only oh my gosh heard yeah. from my many friends mm-hmm. um, working in the mm-hmm. circus with the Cirque du Soleil or mm-hmm. other circuses and I've heard people some people were able to cope with it by just having a beautiful home and oh yeah you, I know, mean, you like, can live really well there for right cheap. I mean you really can exactly but I also heard other stories yeah. where it was just a downward spiral yeah, and it was like a freaking mess weird. it's yeah. really weird um they're they're definitely doing a lot to change it culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're as far as uh, like local talent and local culture, mm-hmm. it's tough because it's so on the strip. If it's right. not on the strip, it's not happening. No one cares. Right. Um. But but then the things that are on the strip are like ugh, huge yeah. multi yeah. billion dollar. I mean not billion, but yeah, like it's but it's huge. You know, yeah. it's like I mean they, it's LA, actually whatever. changed. It's changed a bunch. I mean, there's still some crap shows on the strip that are uh-huh. happening, especially ones that call themselves burlesque. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's it's not off the table. I'll mm. say that. Like, if, if something came along. Um, but, yeah, it's just... It's not the dream place no, to be. it's not. But, mm. I, I, you know, I would definitely helicopter there on the weekends uh. for a show <laughs> if i had to <laughs> i guess i would do it yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay that sounds fair mm-hmm. yeah, yeah fair enough okay yeah i would you know i'd be hard but yeah you <laughs> so hard yeah <laughs> burlesque performer life mm-hmm. yeah well that's kind of amazing that yeah you're making a living yeah, and I have and been for a long time. And you have been for a long time. Mm-hmm. And every year I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I can keep going. And yeah. I keep going. And I'm like, and okay. And <laughs> then once more, yeah. Here once we go. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it is a question you're asking yourself. Yeah, just, you, you know, you don't know what is going to happen. Like if people still want to see it. Because mm-hmm. it's really saturated right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so are people going to get over it you know is the audience going to be there um but they're there and they're still there and i've had fans with me this entire time mm. my fans are amazing i love them they yeah you have a patron mm-hmm. page is is that still up or yeah yeah, okay. yeah yeah it'll be three years in august nice mm-hmm. congratulations yeah but um it's really fun it's fun for me to have an outlet where I can actually do what I do and what I want to do without censorship. Right. So I can post photos that I can't post elsewhere and mm-hmm. I can experiment with videos and 
experiment with different ideas mm-hmm. and um it's really fun and then yeah. i can use that money to create acts mm-hmm. so um i'm kind of so you're not censored on patreon no Mm-mm. no good because i i did heard about someone there have been some issues i mean the thing about patreon is i will say that i'm not searchable on patreon you have to have my exact link to find me so if you type michelle amour on patreon you're not going to show up oh wow you won't find me it's because they work with paypal and paypal has very strict rules about sex workers can they work out with someone else i don't know who who like i don't know so there's only paypal online Like they work like with PayPal. PayPal owns Venmo. Right. Um, so there's that. I mean, we just have it. We You can um, have it sent to your bank, but it doesn't matter what you choose because they as a company still work with PayPal. So, so, they so have the guideline is yeah. are the same. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you have to go to patreon.com slash Michelle Amore. Yeah, mm-hmm. please. Everyone who's listening do yeah. that <laughs> because yeah. I heard also some people just doing a paywall on their website and be mm-hmm. like, okay, there's going to be a part of my website that you you're just going to pay to access, and then you have the same thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's something I've done in the past. I do like the Patreon platform because they do handle all the admin stuff for okay. you. Yeah, um, the payments, the stuff. The, oh, right, right. I mean, right. they do take up percentage and you know um is it fair yeah i can't remember what it is off the top of my head but um yeah it's all right Mm -hmm. you know otherwise i'd be doing all the admin Mm -hmm. which you don't want to be doing i don't i don't know i'm allergic to admin work right now (laughs) 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 he sounds like my wife right Mm -hmm. now in a while (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, Frankie's helping you a lot. Yeah, your husband. For sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So is he running the business with you? Is mm-hmm. he yeah, that's yeah. what he's doing, right? Yeah, we're doing it we do it together and then he is also pursuing a career in writing and he's working on a novel right now. Oh, that's fantastic. And it's really good. That's and awesome. I think that's also very has, courageous. Oh, writing is so for hard. Sure. Oh, I know. Wow. Yeah. So he's He's into it. Yeah, he's doing it. It's cool. It's been Oh, that's really, so cool. Yeah, it's been really good. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's really I've been trying to write a little bit and it's like fucking nightmare to just get down to it and You know why? I think it's because it's so permanent. Mm-hmm. I think I I have an issue with the idea of writing because mm-hmm. it's so permanent. Dance and what we do physically is so malleable yeah we can change based on our mood you know and yeah. like once it's on the page it's done right but it's done what you're doing is being recorded yeah and posted online and now that it's online it's there forever mm-hmm. too yeah you know like God you're damn it Cyril. yeah i mean <laughs> it's an i agree I with you president, this is gonna be a huge problem <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I think you're doing This is a setup. <laughs> well, soon the AI is able to make you say and do whatever they want. 
right? Did you heard about that? Mm-hmm. Like they're creating. Yeah, it's like some I forget what it's called. Like um, yeah, they just like make your face do. There's like these fake videos. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you That's can say cute. it was fake. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, are you good? You can still run for president. Okay. Great. <laughs> I will make this. I will make America sexy again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we need more of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, we would. It'd be great. Yeah. Everyone would be happy. Yeah. This country is very um, interesting and also baffling to me mm. that it's so hot and sexual and at the same time so Puritan and conservative. And it's like, how is this possible that those two extreme exist in the same country. Yeah. It seems to me like you're, you're one or the other. How can you be both? Yeah. You know, yeah. like so much, um, yeah, sexuality everywhere. And at the same time, it's it's the devil. It's bad. It's well, like, sexuality, manufactured sexuality, is fine for advertisements. How, how is that possible? I don't know. And how people are buying it. Why people are buying guns if it's like a hot chick. Yeah, I don't know. In a in a bathing suit. Mm-hmm. It's like what are you what is that? Yeah. You just put a a half naked woman on anything and people mm-hmm. are going to just buy it. Exactly. But then when you're being truthful and mm-hmm. authentic, yeah, they can't handle it. Then they can't handle it. Too much. Because it's honest, right? And it's it's confrontational. And it's provocative and it makes you think. So when you when you look at an ad, it's it's an object. Mm. It's 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 it hits like a primal nerve, mm. right? But you know, oh, if no I'm on stage and I'm looking no, at you, right. you're gonna have feelings. You're real. <laughs> you're gonna have feelings whether you like it or not. Uh, um, and do that, you like? Do you look at people in the eyes yeah, when you're performing? That's super fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No matter how they react. No oh matter. yeah, I love it. I love even if people don't react well. I'm still. I just like stare them down, and it's so fun for me. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'll do it until they smile. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. This is very s- strong. Like yeah. it, you, you need to it's be very strong to fun. do that. Yeah, I get off on it. Because like you just it. told me when you're a kid, you're I know you like yeah, you know. The, well, you know what the stage. The change? stage is my safe place. The stage is where I can act out anything I want without consequence. Well, you never have in the back of your head the consequence of maybe people not liking what you're doing. Oh sure, I know that that's a risk all the time. I know that. I know that before I even step on the stage. But then you I know go that there. I'm I know that I am completely set up for judgment. I know that as soon as I walk on stage just by the sheer fact that I am a woman who is on display is immediately set up for judgment mm. for everything, mm. for the simple act of what I'm doing, for the kind of shoes that I'm wearing, mm. my costume, my makeup, mm. my hair, or lack thereof. Like, I, I get it. Mm. I understand it. But I'm also fine with it. So, I so, don't and know. And then you play. Mm-hmm. And, wow. Yeah, it's fun. It's kind of been like a new thing for me. You know, when I when I can do it, I do do it, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
You mean when you can actually see the people? When I can actually yeah. see them, yeah. <laughs> and you don't have yeah, the light just, blinding, like, blinding you. eyes. Yeah. Um, in that moment, I just pretend anyway. But yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that touched me a lot when I'm on stage and I look at the audience and when people don't react well or just, I don't know, re- don't pay attention oh, or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um. Also, maybe it's because I've been in a, when I perform my juggling act, like it's so timed and I have to pay attention to the juggling balls, to oh the yeah. space, to so many things. I don't even know so how you can look at the audience with all that stuff going on. That's crazy. Yeah. That the slightest little thing that comes in and perturbs me can really fuck the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. So I have the tendency to, to look at the audience, but not necessarily people in the eye mm-hmm. or one persons specifically mm-hmm. so i project this illusion of like looking at people yeah. but you know like because if if the pe- person is actually really into it it's going to fuel me and it's great but if they're not i had experiences where it really like and the slightest hesitation in juggling you know like there's the rhythm the mm. gravity I, I can't slow down the gravity you know it's like it is what it is it is what it is yeah. i have to you have to work within it yeah which is beautiful p.s i love the title of this podcast it's great cool mm-hmm. thanks yeah thanks so i'm always impressed when when artists are own are owning that because for me it's it's a real challenge and and because I was in those performances and I was not able to have that space, I never really developed the um, the habit, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And now that I'm doing a different kind of performance where I give myself more space and it's less technical, where I can have more space to be and and to to and um, make mistakes, I guess mm-hmm. I'm I'm confronted with that. I'm like, oh, I. I'm not drawn to that because I've never really done it that much. The only place I did it was when I was clowning. And then, mm, then yes, yeah, yeah, you yeah. want to play with yeah, that. But then I was to, not yeah. really juggling. You know, I didn't have this. Mm. Juggling is so crazy for all those challenges that it puts on the table every second of mm. the performance. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you were saying, like, when now you're playing the violin, you're... You're feeling you're stressed out mm-hmm. the way you're oh, not yeah. feeling when you're performing and getting naked in front of people. I know. It's kind of crazy. It is crazy. I actually I just played for Frankie two days ago. Just for him. Just for him. I was sweating <laughs> so bad. I yeah, I seriously was almost in tears. I may have teared a little bit. Oh my god. Um I don't know what the deal is. But my teacher, I have a teacher now, she said, oh, you can play a solo in our recital in August. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know. Um, So I'm. That would be awesome. I'm acting as if I'm going to do that. Uh I mean, let me get it straight. I'm not great. I used to be better. It's very rusty. Yeah, it's very rusty. You're gonna get there. Um, but it's it's been a challenge, but it's been good. But yeah, playing for people, you know, I just I just wanted to do something that was for me and that didn't have a revenue stream. Right. And I just wanted to work creatively in a different way. Mm-hmm. 
And maybe someday it'll be public, but it's not my goal. Right. It's not my goal. But there's always been in the back of my head, a violin striptease. How could I do that? What could I do? You know, it's kind of back there somewhere. Oh, wow. I don't know. So maybe in a few years. Maybe. Who knows? Down the road. You keep practicing. Well, you already have the violin, so you don't need to buy it. Oh, yeah. I know. The, you have the prop already. But even, oh, my God. Violins are so expensive. Yeah. It's crazy. And my teacher was like, I don't know. Your bow is not that great. You should buy the $3,000 yeah, one. Yeah, she's like, oh, you, my bow. This is my bow. It was it was only four grand, she said. <laughs> I was like, um, what? yeah, no. What? Uh, she's like, well, it's really like a $15,000 bow, but I got it for four grand. Oh. Yeah, I know. I think my I bow was like $200. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I got it when I was uh, right. 12. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I know those, those Even are just crazy. to fix up my violin cost yeah. me almost $600. Yeah. Just to fix it up. And to me, that was crazy yeah. and expensive. But no, these people. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. There's a, especially violin. Mm-hmm. There's something with Stradivarius violin, mm-hmm. and yeah. I mean, it's like the. It's crazy. It has a different place in the orchestra, and 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 also in I think people's the society, like the picture we have, like the the, you know, like this crazy. It has a different image. Yeah, but I always like the image of the cello, cellist. Cellist. Yeah, I wish I played the cello. Sitting down. It's sexy. Or the harp. I'd love to play the harp. The harp is amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to find good classical music mm-hmm. for harp, yeah. I feel. Uh, where they're not just like in the background doing some shitty like bling, 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 bling. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, well, what do you do beside this? You right. know? Play the timpani? I would play the timpani. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is the timpani? The timpani is those big drums in the back of the oh, orchestra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I can do that. <laughs> Put me in. Although they're really good. Yeah, they're when, great. You know, mm-hmm. like I performed in an opera and there was this guy who was a per- percussionist. Actually, mm-hmm. there were two percussionists on stage and they had all those weird percussions instruments. Like it was huge. And I realized, oh, they, they're actually really, you know, like, they're as legit as a violinist. It's just oh, that yeah. most of the time we see them doing like yeah. bong, bong, yeah. bong, bong, and you're like, okay. Uh-huh. But actually, uh, they're really legit. Yeah, it's hard to keep timing and come in when you're supposed to. Yeah. Not space out because you have 24 <laughs> bars of rest, which I definitely did at my orchestra concert. I'm like, where? Uh. So the concert that I just did on Sunday was, was about three hours. It was long. We played 11 pieces and... Two songs before the end, I totally spaced out wow. in it, and I was like, I don't even know where we are. But I'm. Did you have it. a partition, like a uh, score? Did you? Yeah, have a yeah, s- for sure. I, but I, you were you were lost. Yeah, I like my eyes crossed, and then everything went blurry, and I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> and then it hit me. Oh, I'm used to performing for maybe ten minutes yes. max. And this is three hours of super intense focus. Yes. <laughs> I'm not used to this at all. Yes. Yeah. So it was a it's a it's a test of endurance. And I mean, when you're an audience member, 
Mm-hmm. You can't focus three hours. No, so you space you, you, out. You you're space thinking out, about things, and and you, you get know. back to it. Yeah, but the musician, you're right. They're they Just need to follow the oh whole thing. Yeah, and honestly, my eyes <laughs> were so bloodshot at the end because I don't think I blinked for three hours <laughs> because I was just like, ah, oh, these notes, you know. Um, yeah, it's just a different thing. So it's going to be much easier to be a soloist because then <laughs> you, you show up and you do your piece for 15 minutes and then you're I'm done. Sweating, I'm sweating, I'm sweating, I'm <laughs> sweating, thinking about it. <laughs> All right. So people can find you on Patreon mm-hmm. slash michellamour.com. Uh, Patreon.com slash michellamour. Right. Or you can follow me on Instagram at michellamour. And michellemore.com. Michellemore.com. I'm um, easy to find. Yeah, I'm going to put all that in the show notes. Great. Anything else people need to know about you? I You're beautiful. They know so they many things. Go <laughs> online and, yeah. and look at your pictures, your yeah. videos. It's very powerful, very moving. And come to see you live. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Thanks for the tequila. More importantly. (laughs) (laughs) That was the incredible Michel Lamour. Right after we ended our conversation, uh, Michel texted me a little note to end our discussion that uh, the discussion we started about Instagram, where we were talking. I mean, I was saying that, you know, jealousy comes up when I check that out. And then we both have a feeling of being really murky and weird and uh what the fuck is happening and uh she she texted me uh right after the conversation because she thought of uh something she she forgot to say i guess so here it is quote also forgot to say that jealousy only comes when you feel you're not meeting your full potential We were talking about that in terms of feeling jealous over Instagram. I know I feel the best when I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So, yeah, that makes sense. And um, on my part, I'm still jealous sometimes, but I get what she's saying. And it's true that uh, Michelle is an amazing, accomplished artist. So if she's in our truth, I, I can totally believe that that's how she feel she feels all right let's wrap it up um if you find this podcast valuable you can support it in many ways you can rate review and share it you can also buy uh juggling stuff on playjuggling.com and use my promo code and remember failure is an essential part of juggling but failing is not the problem the problem is not learning from their failures. So get out there and juggle, fail, learn, repeat.